SMQBs, this is episode 49, coming off the greatest weekend of football ever. And this might be the greatest podcast ever as a result. Check it out. Check out our uh, Punchable Face of the Week and our Ted Lasso moment. Have fun. Leave us a five-star review. Thanks for listening. It's when the people climb up on the booth, hanging from the people on the people, my head's the roof, dancing on the ceiling, on the people, I got people on the dancing on the people, I got people. SMQBs, this is episode 49, uh, came into the NFL in 1958, he was a three-time first-team All-Pro, two-time second-team All-Pro, played four times in the Pro Bowl. I think only he Rooster was can get this. 1962 <laughs> NFL receptions leader. <laughs> With like two, 10? Oh, um, Maynard. Maynard. No, 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 no. Two-time NFL receiving yards leader. He was the touchdown leader in 60, receiving touchdown leader in 64. Did we get a team yet or no? He uh, is coming right now. It's going to give it away. He is had his number 49 retired by, by the, the Chargers. Washington football team. Oh. He's one of the 70 greatest Redskins. Bobby Mitchell. Bobby Mitchell, number 49. <sighs> Never heard wow. of him. Never any heard relation, of him? Any relation I mean, to Brian Mitchell? Nope. He's on the wall. He's on the wall of fame. And, and I have no idea who that is. <laughs> really? No, not a clue. No, no clue. He Never was an executive, too, after he retired. I would have guessed he was. I would have, I would have guessed he was a right fielder. Well, he, also, uh, very importantly, he was the first African-American to play for Washington. They were the last team to integrate uh, in 1962. And uh, and he went there as the first African American player. He was conducted in the Hall Marshall of Fame. Because Marshall was a fucking racist. That's why. Yeah, that's right. And he he went into the uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame in '83. Um, yeah, he. I mean, you guys don't know him really. That's interesting. I mean, he's quite a. Those numbers are pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah. He's an important figure too in the NFL. Yeah, he is. You I know him read, now. Read up on him a little bit. Um, listen, House. Um, we tried to look i tried to boost up jalen hurts and and i tried to be nice about it but after watching the quarterback play this weekend this is God, you guys fucked in philly i mean oh come on everybody <laughs> the giants are fucked the cowboys are fucked washington's fucked yeah, pretty much. Really fucked. I no mean, there way. is no good quarterback play in the NFC East. You don't see watching. some resemblance between no. Patrick Mahomes and Jalen Hurts. Uh, no, no. no. not no. one. No. None. I just, I Zero. just wish they're both right-handed. They're both right-handed. That's right. I, I look. I, I just really wish that there had been some good games this weekend. Um, it was really <laughs> sort of a snoozer of snoozer. a sports weekend. Now, how was the Hallmark and, Channel, Bison? Yeah, it was. Uh, no, I mean, holy shit! Is anybody's heart rate come back down? Milk, we'll, we'll get to you later, buddy. Yeah, uh, you're lucky. I'm even here. Uh, how long? Yeah. knows? At least you got to see Brady's last game, so that was good. Yeah, oh, you got that yeah. going for you. Save that ticket. 
This is going to be the first time we play some violin on the SMQB's production. Uh-huh. <laughs> By the way, that's, that's, a, oh, that's a side topic for another day is uh, no longer are there ticket stubs to save from important sporting events. That's right. You have to pay uh, for them. Yeah, you have to write. Right. Exactly. Now, Gr- Grok's um, last game, too, I think. Probably everybody's last game. Yeah, Milk, House, I want you to run us through the, the, the wrap up. But Milk, how, just tell us a little bit about your weekend. Um, you were there. You were at the game. Yeah, I I have never been to like a more exciting game and a more depressing game in my entire life. I mean, there were it was so 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 weird. There were probably four different times at the game yesterday where I was about to leave. It was that bad. Twenty seven three, and then all of a sudden. I mean, it was, it was, it was nuts in there. It was crazy. I mean, my, me and my friends were nuts. We were, we were going like, we lost control of like, there was a time where we were in the bar and we, we we were in the bar and we were like, okay, we can't move from this position. It was one of those kind of things. Cause we, it's all these good things are happening. Um, And what a kick in the stomach at the end. Milk, did you and your buds discuss which would have been worse leaving you know, just getting crushed 27-3 or losing the way that you did. I always wonder which is worse in that situation. God, like, do you, do you mind getting your heart torn out or your spine crushed? Yeah. Right? Those, are the, those are the two yeah. options. You're I mean, I almost, I almost would rather have just gone the way it was supposed to go. Yeah. 41-3, to 41-10 situation. And it could have very easily been that. Yep. Um, yeah, just a, just a devastating loss. It's going to take a few days to get over. I might start crying on this podcast. It's rough. It's rough. Considering it's rough. You just, you just fucking won a Super Bowl. Get, get over it. Yeah. It is rough. No, but look, look, if you're a Bills fan today and we'll get into the Bills and they're used to misery, oh. but you're waking oh. up and you're like, you know, we still have Josh Allen for the next 10 to 15 years with this Bucks team. It's Gabriel always Davis. been a very time capped situation. Like, this is all, it's all a dream and it's going to go away. We, we knew that very quickly when we resigned the entire team last year and kicked the salary cap shit down the, down the road, knowing that we're going to have a completely new team next year. Um, so these moments, they're like harder. Cause it's like, we, you're, you almost have this, this pressure. Like we have to win. We have to win the Super Bowl every single year because he's going to retire at any moment. And so it's just oh. painful. Look, you're going to have K-Ron Rogers there next year to lead you back. Fortunately, fortunately, I think Brady's coming back. The NFC sort of sucks, and so you'll be back in it next year. But House, why don't you take us through uh, just the weekend? Uh, Man, I mean, it's it's not too much to say. Possibly the greatest football weekend ever. It is, I think, unanimously from anybody, any pundit, anybody that's tweeted said it's the best football weekend ever. Which and it might have included the best sing, single playoff game ever in the Bills Chiefs game, and I don't know. You know what I've said to people is, I'm not a cigarette smoker, but after that Bills Chiefs game, I needed a cigarette. I mean, that's the way it was. You know, 25 points in the last 154, whatever. Insane. But you know, everybody's done the usual after this. You know, let's get rid of the coin flip and this is the greatest weekend ever. And Patrick Mahomes is great. And what I know from the SMQBs 
is what we are about is the X's and O's, former almost professional athletes breaking it down. So <laughs> myself excluded, which is why I'm going to fucking moderate this thing. But And, and, and me, <laughs> and me as well. And uh, everyone else. What, what I want to know from you guys actually is how these teams won the game and how the teams that lost, lost the game. And we are going to break this shit down because it was the best weekend of football ever. And I want to start with you, if I can, Rooster. How did the Bengals win that game? Why did they win that game? I think this is a really simple answer. Defense decided this game for the Bengals, which no one would have predicted, given, given the play recently of Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. They won this game on defense. They held uh, Derrick Henry to 62 yards on 20 carries. Mm. If you take away Dante Freeman's one big run, the Titans had 95 yards on the ground. They also picked off Tannehill three times. Um, the first pick was the first play of the game resulted in a field goal. The last pick uh, by Logan Wilson um, set up uh, Evan, Evan McPherson's 52-yard game-winning field goal. But before that, let me tell you this, um, you know, the pick, the pick resulted in, in uh, um, the, the Bengals having the ball on their own 47 with 20 seconds left. And if you remember, the Titans sacked Joe Burrow hard. I mean, like hard nine times in that game. There were actually 11 sacks, but two got called off because of uh, the play got blown dead. He got drilled in that game and he stood up there. 20 seconds left to go and hit Jamar for a 19 yard pass and put them in field goal range. He is one tough motherfucker. He really is. But um, the defense put them in, in the position for him to do that. Let me just say this too. My kind of theme takeaway for this whole playoffs has been, um, you know, it's really tough to be a coach in the NFL I don't think this, the average fan gets how tough it is. And there may be a handful of coaches who are good at every aspect of their job. There were some really good coaches this past weekend who, who shit the bed uh, in crunch time when it came time to make some situational decisions. And the one of probably the least known head coach in all of the playoffs is Zach Taylor for the Bengals. And he did not make one critical error. And I think that bears pointing out. I mean, there were some who thought Mike Vrabel was up for coach of the year this year, you know, yeah, everybody. Yeah. All right. You know, and just some really, really dumb decisions by the Bills staff, the Titans staff, um, the Rams, the Bucks, but not Zach Taylor, man. He he coached a damn good game. So combination of defense quarterback and almost killed. Are you kidding? Well, their offensive line is like Swiss cheese against right. the Titans. You can't coach maybe, that. Maybe maybe make an adjustment or leave a back in or something to help but, out. I mean, but, I don't uh, know. Rooster, I mean, Rooster, I think they won despite the, the coach. You're right, though, because you kept kind of waiting for Cincinnati to become Cincinnati. Like, when are they going to fuck this whole thing up? And, and they had the attitude like, hey, we're not done yet. You right. know, you, you know, there's an argument that could be made that the Bengals won this game in the draft. They had number one, 
a choice. We've talked about it before in this pod. Yeah. Do we take that? Yeah. Do we take that tackle, Penny Sewell? Penny protect, Sewell. Do we protect his, you know, backside, or do we go with Jamar Chase? And the winning reception went to Jamar Chase after he got sacked the ninth time. And do you ever draft a kicker? And they go out and they draft a stud kicker in the fifth from, round. Fifth round from, from Milk Florida Gators. Gators in the fifth round. And I don't know. The I'll, guy I'll, it was just are, ice in the veins. You're right. You were right that those picks worked out and look brilliant right now. But they sure as shit better take some linemen this draft because Absolutely. otherwise Burrow's he's, career he's not going to live. Is, is, mean, is he's halfway through his career otherwise because. That you're right. That line is bad. The coaches don't know how to protect him, and I mean, you can't you can't take hits like that nine times in a game, let alone all the other times he got knocked down and and abused. I mean, that career, man. I'll tell you, if I'm if I'm his agent, we're having some serious conversations with the organization when this season eventually ends, whether it's next week, the week after, or whatever. There's going to be a big time sit down about how we're protecting him. Well, I'm root, I'm telling you right now, I'm rooting for the Bengals from here on out. This this playoffs. It's a good story. It's a really good story. It was we'll cool. Look. I was in Cincinnati last week, and all the buildings were lit up orange. Uh, it was pretty cool to see all everything. Just I mean, people are really hyped. They they had, you know, through all those years with Anderson and Boomer. Boomer. You know, they had never won a road playoff game in the franchise history. That's crazy. All right. Great job, Rooster. I want to go over to that Niners Green Bay game. Very few people outside of San Francisco and Brian Pope <laughs> had the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, this was the last dance for Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. Pope, how did the Niners pull it off? I still don't know exactly how they pulled it off. I'm going to give you some. <laughs> I'm going to give you give Me you either. some some thoughts on it. But I mean, you know, God, the Packers, and we'll talk about them in a second. I mean, all they had to do was score 14 points. They scored seven points in the first five minutes of the game. So I mean, you know, how did San Francisco do it? Well, obviously their defense stepped up. Uh, they sacked Rodgers five times, but. Uh, but for the block punt, though, you know, remember, guys, four minutes left. Uh, they're down um, seven points. But for the blocked punt, they probably were never going to get back in the game and even tie the game. They, they certainly hadn't shown any uh, potential to score a touchdown. So obviously, you know, when you look at your play house, you got the block punt. But you also got there were two major plays that were back to back that, you know, separated by 20 minutes, but at the end of the first half, the Niners blocked the green Bay, you know, chip shot field goal with people were like, Oh, that's just stay of execution. Green Bay's dominating. It's not going to matter. Well, yeah, it did matter. Come back opening kickoff. Debo Samuel goes 45 yards down to the 50. First time there was any, you know, offensive hope for the Niners. So those two plays you can look at and say, those were two of the biggest plays and how could, how did the Niners do it? Now they did it despite Jimmy Jean. We'll talk about that more later, but I mean, Aikman was hilarious on the telecast. He's like, I, I don't know what Jimmy G is thinking. He's making some really shaky throws and he's just lucky that he hadn't had a pick six, at least 
two or three that he didn't have any idea of what the hell he was doing out there, but yet somehow they won despite him. And does that bode well for them going in uh, to Los Angeles? No, but the Niners are six and zero against the Rams. So, I mean, see his tweet after the game. Something's working. What did he say? Fuck the Packers. Jimmy G. Jimmy G. There was video of him on the field saying that. Yeah. To cool. the kicker. Yeah. yeah. Gold. And, you know, I, I got to say a coaching decision, you know, that really, I think, tells you everything you need to know about the Niners. But it also was a great coaching decision was they had third and seven with a minute three left on the clock. And what were they going to do? Because they were on the Green Bay. I think they were on like the 38. I mean, were they going to, if they didn't convert, were they going to try to kick a 55-yard field goal and leave, if they didn't make it, leave Rodgers with, you know, that plenty of time to go back down the field? So third and seven. So what would the conventional wisdom be? You're going to throw the ball, right? So what did Shanahan do? Handed it to his strength, to Debo. Got a nine-yard rush. He took took out the element of risk by not having Jimmy G try to throw the ball, gave it to Debo and Debo got those tough yards. Uh, and at that point, once they got the nine yards, they were going to be in field goal position. And it was a matter of, you know, the guy who hadn't missed ever in, uh, in a playoff game. I think, I, I think you got to credit Shanahan for not trying to throw the ball in that circumstance. And, and you know, let's say he got only five yards. Well, it's five yards closer for a field goal. Right. Um, Jimmy G is he's a liability, but yet somehow they continue to win despite him. Oh, you guys, man. Did you guys listen to Bill Simmons this morning comparing Jimmy G to Eli? Yes. <laughs> yeah, so it's pretty accurate. I mean, Giants he's... won with a pass rush and a running game and held their breath every time Eli threw the ball. Free Jimmy G. The guy's so, four and one in the playoffs, going to his second conference championship game. He's 31 and 14 in his career. Free Jimmy G. Stats, Free Jimmy G. Stats. You can have him. Go go to the Eagles. Yeah, we don't need him because we've got a, a poor man's uh, you know, um hey, Mahomes. Suck. But I think I think <laughs> House. How, how yeah. many how many passes did Jimmy G throw in the 2020 NFC championship game? Probably 15. Eight. Eight. He was six for eight with 77 yards. A great game manager. That was most, <laughs> Mostert ran for 220 yards and had four touchdowns. He makes right. Trey Dilfer win. look like Joe Namath. They win despite Jimmy G. That's that's the bottom line. I think right. Milk has – how many championships do you have with somebody other than Tom Brady at your quarterback? With Trent Dilfer, Brad Johnson? Like, what, what do you have? Super Bowls? Yeah. Just one. <laughs> Just was one. it Dilfer? No, Brad Johnson. Brad Johnson. Dilfer, Dilfer left the Bucks and won a Super Bowl at the Ravens. Brad Johnson. Yeah, you can't against tell me the Giants, Jimmy for God's G's sake. He's worse than Brad Johnson. Brad, jo- Brad Johnson's much better than Jimmy G. But is it true, Pope, that Robbie Gould has never missed a playoff field goal? Correct. That's 30 for 30. That's, that's nuts. the story of the week, guys. I have a question about Debo. Yeah, you're right, Milk. Kickers. Debo came up limping. After that last run, what's the story? I mean, did yeah. I, it looked like he cracked his knee on a helmet, which could just be like, you know, sort of a, a bone a bruise. bruise. Something. Yeah. But, yeah. but I mean, he came up limping, holding his knee after that, after that big run at the end of the game. And I haven't heard anything about him. I assume there's I mean, nothing to it. But. Yeah. I mean, the fact that we haven't heard anything and we all probably kind of monitored sports today, uh, media, 
means it's probably it's a non-event. I don't, under, I don't understand how players, modern players, wear no pads. I mean, they, they don't pads. wear knee pads. They don't wear yeah. tailbone pads. I mean, if you get hit on the tailbone, you're it's hard to walk for like a month. I don't. I just don't get it. These guys are going all out and banging the shit out of them. They're just a lot tougher than you. I guess so, man. I guess so. Pope, good job. And Eric Dickerson. We we got a whole bunch still to cover on how these teams won and lost. Um, I'd love to go to milk right now, but I still think he needs a little time to grieve. So we're going to go to bison (laughs) and the the greatest NFL playoff game, maybe ever. Uh, How? Other than the coin behind me, how did the Chiefs win that game, Bison? Yeah, I, oh. I think so. I think, you know, in, in looking at this game, it's really easy to talk about Mahomes, right? And you watch Mahomes play, and I mean, the guy is really unbelievable. I mean, there were there were just a number of plays where we were sort of, you know, chuckling about about how just unbelievable he is. Um, but when you look at some of the stats and the box score in this game, I really think the answer to how the Chiefs won is, man, their skilled players, they are loaded. I mean, Mahomes is fantastic, but Tyreek Hill was 11 for 150 yards and a touchdown. Kelsey, 8 for 96, and, of course, the game-winning touchdown. Um, McKinnon, five receptions for 54 He's averaging 10.8 a reception. Uh, Pringle, five for 29. Uh, Hardman, one for 26, not to mention two rushes for 31 yards and a touchdown. So, I mean, you look at the skill players that they have. I mean, Hill, Kelsey, Hardman, McKinnon, geez, they, I mean, they're loaded. They are just totally loaded. What about and- Edwards Hilaire, too? Edwards, yep. well, you know, yep. I've got a personal issue with that sucker because I drafted him this year and then he was out hurt. And <laughs> so he sucked ass all season while he was on my team. But, but you know, to the Tyree Kill thing, you know, talk about changing uh, the game a little bit. And I know we're going to talk about the decision, Buffalo's decision to, to put the ball through the end zone on that kick and not kick it off. But, I mean, Tyree Kill was back to receive that. Don't you think that had something to do with their decision to – to kick the mm. ball through the end zone and, and mm. not have him returning it, even if 100%. you split it, you don't want that in his hands. So, you know, I, I, I Mahomes get, gets all the, all the credit and he gets all the press and um, obviously a, a generational talent. There's no question, but he is really surrounded by some unbelievable talent. This was um, I, the stat that blows me away. I, I don't know that the next time we'll see something like this. Do you know that Andy Reid, not only has he won, has he uh, now appeared in four conference championship games in two different conferences, but he now is as the fourth most total wins in NFL history. And he's just behind Tom Landry and Bill Belichick for most playoff wins in NFL history. Belichick may be hard to eclipse at 31, but Landry's at 20 and Reed is at 19. And uh, the guy he's, I mean, we, we gave him some grief when he was in Philly because he was a bad time manager. 
Um, and he wasn't great with the media, which uh, has nothing to do with coaching, but it has to do with fans. But my God, I know all that talent, but at some point you got to coach. Don't you think he's become a better coach though, after he finally cracked the ceiling and won the Super Bowl? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. There's a joke going around that like, we know the game's insane when you know that Andy Reid saw us three timeouts left with two minutes remaining. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's true. <laughs> it also helps to have Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> oh, who, who most of us were writing off at some point this season as being well, a flash yeah, fan. First two weeks, right? Have they? So the Chiefs are going to host, is this right? Their fourth consecutive yeah. AFC championship game? Consecutive. Yeah. 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 Think about that, yeah. by the way. Yep. And, and was Mahomes the quarterback for all four of those, or was Alex Smith the QB for the first one? I don't remember. I think Smith was for the first one. Certainly yeah. the last three. In 18, when was Mahomes drafted? Because he Yeah, there was a, a holding call or something that, that called back a touchdown or something for Alex Smith, right? Wasn't there? And they lost that game? Yeah. Well, they lost that game when Brady led the Pats to a first – We'll talk about this in the overtime, but a a coin toss walk-off first possession. That's right. That was Brady. Well, good work, Bison. Um, Milk, I know this is painful, but we do have a firsthand witness, and we'll help you. I mean, you have us as a crutch, but if you want to just get started, the congregation will join in on how the Rams won that game. Before you start, I I just need to say something to support my dear friend, Milk. (laughs) <laughs> SMQBs don't fucking cry. So get through this. <laughs> uh, unless your team wins a Super Bowl, and I have some video that we can yeah. show on that. Oh so. my god! By the way, yeah, easy. I when I was leaving the stadium yesterday, I looked over and I saw this lady crying in her seat, and I thought to myself, I have never seen that ever in this stadium. We've come a long way. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Look, um, I think he's about I, I will to cry. Get to, uh, <laughs> I will get to Cooper Cup and all that. Really, in the uh, the reasons the reasons the Bucks lost. But look, I I was when right before the, the days before this game last week. Obviously, there was a bad injury to to Werfs. There was a bad injury to Jensen, and it was all week touch and go if Werfs was going to play or not, and. Uh, at one thirty, of literally came down to the to the wire of a three o'clock kickoff. He was announced that he was out. We were all at our tailgate, and like the mood just went like, Ugh. because if the Rams are going to win this game, you've got to pressure Brady. You've got to win on that. You've got to own our offensive line, and that is exactly what they did. I've never seen him under siege that much. I think Von Miller and um, and Aaron and Aaron Donald accounted for three sacks, but really, really, it seemed like eighty. They had at least 10, 10 hurries on them. Big turnover fumble that they had. He looked so out of sync in that first half. Couldn't get the ball out quick enough to anybody. Uh, you know those little side passes that he's trying to throw to Cameron Bray and 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 Gronk on this first couple series. And the one thing that we couldn't do was go down early big to the Rams. And when we weren't scoring, we had to match them. Um, and I think that's just, it was just too much to overcome. I think you've got 
got and I, I know it's Brady and we all this comeback and a lot of it was the Rams just self. I've never seen an implosion like that. Um, but it just that first half killed us and we couldn't recover. Um, and I think that look games are won on, on the line of scrimmage and their D line and linebackers owned our offensive line. And I I will never say one player is the difference, but not having worse in that game was massive. And it it didn't seem like, it didn't seem like Brady ever had any room around him. Like even when he wasn't getting hit, it, it just seemed like the pocket was so tight that he couldn't step into a throw. He couldn't, you know, he couldn't, there was nowhere for him to go ever, ever, ever. And, you know, it, 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 we couldn't, we stopped really running the ball, obviously, because we got down so big. Um, and then you had, you had guys, you know, finally when he would throw a little, little screen pass over to Evans, you know, he dropped it. I mean, it was just, it was one thing after another, but, but they, he was under siege all game. That O line without Worfs in it was completely different. And that guy, needs to be paid a boatload of money because he is so effing good. He is Clearly. good. I love him. The, yeah. the Rams won that game in the first 29 minutes and 53 seconds because after that, they tried to do everything they could do to lose the game. Everything. 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 I've they never seen anything the like it. They were rooting as hard as you were for the Bucks to win that game. I've never except seen anything for, like except it. Except for one thing. Except for one thing. Them going for it with 42 seconds left instead of, you know, running a draw or something like that, trying to get some yards and seeing what happens. They went for, for the win right there. I mean, things were so spiraled out of control. A lot of coaches would have said, I'm handing the ball off two times and I'm going yeah. overtime and, and I, I got to stop this craziness right now. Now, if the way that game was going, if they went to overtime, Brady was going to take them down and score a touchdown first possession and end it. Right. But, but you think about that decision to say, screw it. We just got punched in the mouth, but we're not going to give up. And I'm going to send a guy flying down the middle and we're going to hit him for a long pass. That's not how that would have played out in a lot of games. Well, do do y'all remember the first play though, from scrimmage for that drive? Cooper cup for 20 yards. No, no, it was a Stafford keeper. Oh yeah. And I'm like, what are they doing? Oh yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. And he got it was. He lost a yard. That's right. He did. You're right. What the hell are they just going to go to the go to the? And then they called the time. They had one timeout, right? They called the timeout. Yeah, that's right. Like that was horrible clock management. They got lucky. I didn't understand what they. Yeah, Yeah. more. I didn't know what they were doing. More bad coaching by some, Um, you know, by a coach that everybody wants to deify. Unless they were going to just go to the go to the overtime, and then decided against it. Well, how about this? How about this, Sean McVay? Oops, sorry. It's Spice's that's, podcast that's, calling. That's Sean McVay right there calling you. Yeah. On, on the cast, they're they're just pulling us off. No, it's the, F- so, it's the so FCC listen, for listen. Rooster's language. <laughs> I'm I'm with my fellow BVI boy. <laughs> boy. So the so the Rams have the game locked after the strip sack by Vaughn Miller of Brady. They get they get the ball on what the Bucks twenty five yeah. yard line. Ready Game's over. The game yeah. is over. Right. Over. So what does Sean McVay do? He puts Stafford in the shotgun oh in gosh. this loud, hostile crowd, 
and and Stafford's looking right, and the center snaps the ball right past his <laughs> ear to the fifty yard line. Oh my I mean, god! I mean, that's just dumb. That's just dumb. It here's the thing: like, take the ball under center and run the clock. When you are at the yeah, games, give to Cam Akers so he can fumble again. You are caught up. <laughs> yeah, right. But that's the thing. But that's a good point. But like when you're at those games, you're caught up in the the adrenaline's flowing, and you're so you walk out I'm completely depressed. But a day later, you start to think back, and you're like, I mean, overall, they absolutely kicked our ass. Yeah, no, they there were so far. many flukes in that game. Like, uh, uh, not only th- think about that play, Rooster. Usually on a fumbled snap, like maybe the quarterback falls on it right next to him. Maybe they lose five yards. They lost like. 25 yards on yeah, that they play. gained on the play on the, we gained yes like usually the quarterback good. doesn't have to chase it down 25 yards what about and then i mean i come to find out today i guess gay had injured himself in the yeah he yeah, did and warm he's he was short injured. on a 47, yard 47 yarder oh yeah. is that why wow. yeah. yeah yeah but the coaches why. knew that they could have yeah. gone for it they by knew the way and then that gets you think about that for the in the last series yeah you know this kicker can't kick anything from 45 more, and you're going to let this fucking guy get past you? And I don't want to take anything away from Mike Evans, who is phenomenal. But Jalen Ra- Ramsey is the best corner in football, bar none. And the only thing you cannot let happen is let a receiver get behind you. What the hell were they doing? I mean, the brain freeze of the entire team, from their best players, their coaches, to everything. I could not believe what I was watching. Yeah. Yeah. It was nuts. I thought we were going to win. And then, well, then we had our own brain freeze. We're going to come around to the losses now. It was a great recap on the how they won. But now we get in the best womp, week of football womp. to the womp womps. And this one's a painful one because it's hard to say they even lost. But Rooster, I guess there were some critical decisions that resulted in the Bills losing the best game ever. So what happened? You know, following up on my uh, theme that some really good coaches made some really bad decisions in crunch time. Iron this McDermott. One, this one is the biggest head scratcher of them all to me. I mean, I yeah, Sean McDermott and his defensive coordinator, Les, Leslie Frazier, made some horrendous decisions when, when uh, Allen rifled that t- final touchdown pass that he threw in there. The win probability for the Bills at that point was ninety-five percent. They had the the Chiefs had thirteen seconds left to go in the game. Thirteen seconds. The fucking Titans couldn't even pull that off with two minutes and forty-three seconds at the end of their game. Thirteen seconds. You kick the ball off in play, you automatically run five seconds off the clock, right? So I, I get that Tyreek Hill is back there, but cover the kick, run five seconds off. You're down to eight seconds. Next play, instead of whatever the hell defense Leslie Frazier decided to call where everybody is wide open for the first 20 yards, how about you put a linebacker over Kelsey and mug the guy at the line of scrimmage? Even if you're called for a penalty, it's a yeah. five-yard penalty. You now you've run another five Five seconds second off the clock, yeah, clock right? Three. So now you've got now you've got three seconds for a hail mary, and the Great game point. is over. Even Mahomey can't hit the end zone from the it, it, 20. fucking Romo was screaming this during the game. It's not just me; it's Romo. I mean, 
Jim, Romo, Jim. Fi- Romo figured this out in real time. How come the coaches couldn't? I, I don't get that. Yeah, it's why insane. they? You're, you're right. I mean, why they just didn't tackle every possible receiver at the line of scrimmage? Right. And take a five yard penalty. Take the five yard penalty That's and all run it is. five. Oh, you just somehow muted yourself, Rooster. But animated think, Rooster. Yeah, I'm good. Can you hear me? Yeah, we're yeah. good. Yeah. It was outrageous. After what Josh Allen laid on the line for that team, if I were him, I'd be pissed. I would be pissed right now. Yeah. How about Gabriel Davis? Really head scratchers, but I guess the real, the real loss came. You got to choose heads guys. That's why the head on the quarter (laughs) is behind me. He, Josh Allen, right? Who did picks everything tails perfect. ever? God, how can you pick tails in overtime? How can you do that? All right. Did you know? I'm going to go to nine and he was nine and nine and oh in, in coin flips for t- in and overtime. Always, and he always picked tails. I don't know, but he was this was the first coin flip he got wrong all season. So Second. we're going to blame Josh Allen Price. for this loss. Are you yes. kidding me? Got to pick out They lost. Heads. They lost the uh, opening kickoff. Okay. Fine. Oh, so okay. He was already on a losing streak. God. All right. Good. Good one. Uh, Pope. Uh, you told us how the Niners won the game. Why did the Packers lose that game? They were up seven nothing. You told us about it. They were cruising. What happened? I mean, they're up seven nothing. I even texted them like, "Well, that was too easy." I mean, it looked like the <laughs> Packers are going to run them out. And and we know from watching them play against the Cowboys, the Niners aren't exactly an offensive machine. So you got to figure that the Packers only needed to have another touchdown or two or a touchdown field goal. And it'd be damn near impossible as it was for the Niners to catch him. But, you know, Rogers even said it in the post game. He's like, we, we scored that. It was too easy. And we went pass heavy. Uh, they stopped, they stopped running the ball. Um, Rogers stats after the uh, opening touchdown, he was 16 for 24 for 171 yards and admittedly made some questionable choices. The most important questionable choice he made was on third down when the Packers had the ball towards the end of the game, and it was uh, third and 11. Um, what did he do? He threw, he threw deep to Devontae Adams, hoping that he would be, he would be free, and he was double covered. Uh, on the, you know, the, the di- diagnosis after the game, they're looking at it and there was a, a receiver who was wide open about 20 yards down the field that Rodgers could have hit, but Rodgers fell in love with a deep ball. I mean, that's always been one of his problems, especially in the postseason. I mean, I, I, you know, it's hard to lay it at the feet of Rodgers, but God, it's so nice to, to, to try to do that. Right. I mean, he's seven and nine since his Super Bowl win in the playoffs. He's lost to Eli cap times two. Carson Palmer, Matt Ryan, Russell Wilson, Tom Brady, and now Jimmy G twice. Wow. Wow. Right? Kaepernick beat him twice. At home. Well, Kaepernick's good. Right. So my point is, is that, you know, you can get all caught up in the Rodgers. He's going to be the MVP again, whatever. But, but he is not performing when it really counts. Now, from a coaching decision standpoint, what the fuck? were they doing on the game-winning field goal attempt? They had 10 guys on the field. Unbelievable. Inexcusable. Guy, my, my special teams guy, he's not even, well, of course, we're at home, so he's not getting on the snow blower to go home. That's bullshit. And yeah. then they were, you know what rank they were for special teams 
This last. last last 30 second huh. right so last. so it's not like they didn't have some notice that they sucked on special teams i mean the punt was outrageous block how about a blocked field goal we talked about that right that was huge right before yeah. halftime blocked field goal blocked punt they can't even get a rush uh, on the on the game winning field goal because you have ten Roger. guys on the field. Did you guys Roger. see the size of the guy that got run over on the block punt? The Packers guy that they had him up the middle to get the rusher up the middle. I- I'm telling you, the guy was smaller than me. He was. Small. <laughs> you have to see that replay. The guy got run over, and he was the last clear chance to save that punt from being blocked. <laughs> Rogers has Rogers has one Super Bowl, right? One. Yeah. Favre had two, right? One. One, one. He, no, one? Far- he was in two. He, back he, back? he was in two. He played no. him back to back. He only won one. Ah, okay. I thought you're, far th- you're thinking of the great Eli Manning. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, Pey- Peyton Manning has well, two. You got to think that Rogers' legacy, though, is I mean, Tainted. it is really, really tarnished at this point as as sort of a choking dog. Well, let's pause here. We have a couple more games, but let's go round the horn real quick. Does Rodgers play again? If so, where? Does Brady play again? If so, where? Rooster? Rodgers, yes. In Denver, Brady retires. Pope? Rodgers, for sure. I'm, I I see him succeeding Brady in Tampa next year. <laughs> Brady, Brady retires? Brady, not so much. Bison? Brady plays in Tampa, Rodgers in Washington. Oh, yeah. I think oh. that Brady that Seattle play, <laughs> Brady plays in Tampa. Rogers plays. Maybe Washington, maybe New Orleans. Hmm. Well, is Sean Payton going to be around, though. Maybe not. Mm-hmm. By the way, I thought I thought Rogers comment after the game was interesting. He said, I don't want to be part of a rebuild. And. Right. You know, you got to think about these guys. And I'm thinking about Brady in that comment. He's going to turn 45 in August. And we are going to go into a rebuild in Tampa because we we have to financially. And, you know, do they want to be – does he want to be part of that? And I, I don't so know. You, you say Brady retires. I think – I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't come back to Tampa. I don't know if he wants to deal with a bunch of new guys on his team. How about Brady, Brady to the Niners? They already he they already told him no. He oh, hates did the Niners. That's where Rogers actually could go, is go home. Oh yeah. my God! How yeah. after that comment after he gets drafted, the 49ers will rue the day they didn't draft him. And he's what zero for four against his kryptonite. They would still take him. Um, yeah, if, they would. Well, if I don't you're right. know about that. Back yeah. to the back to the losers. I'm not saying you, Bison, but I am. <laughs> I am curious. I am curious for you to explain to us how did the Titans lose that game? Number one seed. Well, they're home. They got King Henry. How they lose it? I look. I never believed in the Titans as a team. How, I'm still curious as to how they ended up with the one seed. I agree. And I agree. the biggest reason for that is Ryan Tannehill sucks. <laughs> Tannehill is not he's not good I mean he's just not he, he's not in the category of these other guys maybe he's a Jimmy G you know category but that's it and you know he he had three picks but not just three picks he had the first offensive play of the game 
was a pick. So, you know, your chance to get the ball to start the game, one of the two, the two opportunities you have where you get the ball, start the game or start the second half, and he gives it away right away. So effectively, right, uh, the Bengals get, um, get, both, get to start both halves with the ball, right? And, and, and then his, his second pick, I think, was his first throw of the second half. It was. Yeah. And then, of course, the, the third one, you know, is, is a crunch time and is just, you know, really the backbreaker. So, I mean, that's how you lose the game. Your quarterback just gives it away. I mean, that's what happened. He gave it away. He gave the game away. Bison, third- did you understand what Vrabel's clock management was at the end of the game? Because I think Tannehill got a little bit pressured with time and he hurried that throw. You know, he tried to thread yeah. the needle. They I had 20 seconds left and they're on the wrong side of the of the field. I mean, what were they going to do? Yeah, they they had the ball. It was 16 to 16. They had the ball with two minutes and 43 seconds left. And they wasted 43 seconds on the first play, which was a run up the middle. Yeah. Before, before the two minute warning, they wasted 43 seconds. And by the time Tannehill threw this pass, Pope's right. There was 20 seconds left. And it was a desperation throw. It really they weren't, it, even, ne- they weren't even near field goal position. We're yet. talking 13 seconds for Mahomes to move the ball into field goal range and two minutes and 43 seconds for the Titans, and they couldn't get it done. It's tied 16 to 16. I think Tony Dungy, um, or maybe Sharp, Jen Sharp, but one of them said there was one and one option only on that pass for Tannehill. Downfield to A.J. Brown, and he either goes up and gets it, worst comes to worst, it's an interception deep, but you can't throw in the middle of the field into double coverage. Like, I, I don't even know how that was even an option. Is that coaching? Is that Tannehill? Is a combination? It was a really weird play call. They put they put a mediocre quarterback in a bad spot. Yeah, they put, put him under the clock management. Yeah, how many right. times have we said this on a podcast in the last two years where how if you get Derrick Henry at under 100 yards rushing or under 80 yards rushing, I'd like to see this stat, Pope. I bet you they lose 90% of the time. Like, that's the blueprint. Put the well, ball look, in Tannehill's hands. Th- this this hurts to say because, you know, I love King Henry, but I, I don't think he was 100%. I, no, I think, no way. No I think, way. I, think oh. I, really, I really think. But he had you know, to play. Well, yeah, but I also think that Foreman was was a much better off. runner yesterday, yeah. and I think yeah. I think that good coaching they would have gone to King Henry and right, said, "Hey, right, look, right, right. we you know we, we're going to play you, but Foreman's going to be the first option." And I, I think I think Tennessee wins that game with Foreman running absolutely. the ball. Absolutely, absolutely. How about the show? How about the series? Oh, sorry, go ahead, Bison. No, no, I was just going to say. I think I was going to say the same thing you were, Rooster. It showed on the third and one. Yeah, they gave him the ball, and he went left. Did you see how hesitant he was? I mean, a healthy King Henry is he was, dropping his shoulder yeah, and plowing right. through there. Yeah, yeah, but they gave yeah, him the he, ball eight yards behind the line was, of the game. He was totally fatigued what the fuck by was that. Yeah. Well, that that was the series that preceded the third pick that ended the game, essentially. Um, and they've got third and one tied. They could have ended the game. And they do a a shotgun sweep by Tannehill, who's about as athletic as any one of us. I mean, it was an I mean, RPO, and he kept it the was ball. ridiculous. Yeah. What, you know, put Foreman in there, 
third and one and have them blast forward for a first down. Then, he, then it's fourth and whatever, and everybody in the stadium knows Derrick Henry's getting the ball. I mean, that was just horrible play calling. Or Henry could have got the ball on third and one, right, right behind the right behind the snap, and he could have got the first down. They, Absolutely. Well, and no, Tennessee is playing with a new uh, new offensive coordinator, right? I don't, I don't. Todd, because, Todd Downey. Yeah, because um, Arthur Smith is in Atlanta as the head coach yeah. this year yeah. for the first year. So there, you, there you go. Vrabel didn't look too happy with that play calling there on third and one. I yeah, that guy's that guy's going to get fired. Yep. Milk. Somebody should. I I hate I, to put you through this again. And I, think <laughs> you t- I think you already told us the answer that it's because Tristan Wirfs was hurt. But are there any <laughs> other reasons why the Bucks lost that game? Yes. Um, I don't know if you I think the stat on Stafford's last four games or so and the Rams have not played all that well. I think he's thrown eight picks. Uh, and we were saying it all week. If you want to beat the Rams, you've got to rattle Stafford. And if you rattle Stafford, he will totally screw up. Totally. And that was the most shocking development in this whole game. We, this is the first game we had played, by the way, since the Super Bowl, since the Super Bowl, where our entire defense was back. Okay. All year we didn't have, we all came back for this playoff game and could not get to him. Shaq Barrett, Went bye bye. Uh, he had all day in that first half. He really had all day the entire game. And if you're going to give Stafford all day, no pressure, he's go. And you've got those weapons: OBJ, Cooper Cup, even Van Jefferson is is coming around. Our defense, and it's been suspect. We've talked about it, House. You've talked about it all 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 season. Our pass defense has been very suspect, and. There's just they have too many weapons. We couldn't get to him, and he he carved a carved carved us up. Um, of almost 400 yards, Cooper Cup with nearly 200 yards receiving. I know. And how do you you know two? It just goes to show you how how perfect you've got to play games in the playoffs. We had two big fuck ups where that the 70 yard bomb that in the that was the beginning of the third quarter. I think right. The cup were totally, they just let him go free. Com- complete miscommunication with Carlton Davis and our safety. Um, and then the the blitz heard around the world at the end of the game where, you know. Just not, like, in, not on the same team. It was only, only heard halfway around the world. It could have been heard right. all the way Half around the, the world. Half the team doesn't Maybe know what's <laughs> what happening. Look, look at the video. Like Devin, Devin White looks like he's in no man's land. He has no idea where he is. And Cooper Cup just like running by Antoine Winfield like it's a high school game. Like, I, I, I couldn't believe what I saw there. It was shocking. Did, did you hear Arians after like say, yeah, well, we blitzed and half the guys knew we were and the other half. And if you want to second guess me, go ahead. Like, you think? Yeah. Yeah. Now, we now he's second guess you. Now, now he's now he's taking that back and saying it was poor execution. Ooh, it was Whoa. all around awful. First throwing the coaches, the now you're throwing your players under the yeah, bus. Yeah, right. He's yeah. throwing the players fire, under the bus. Fire Arians. And well, <laughs> we were treated to a football weekend, unlike I I hope we get to see again. I I think uh, it's hard to imagine that championship games of the conferences being anything other than an anticlimax. But I got to ask you guys to go again round the horn. Bengals, Chiefs, Niners, Rams. The Chiefs are the overwhelming favorite. 
four times they've been at home consecutively in Kansas City. The Rams are home where the Super Bowl could be played, but they've lost six straight to the Niners. So, Rooster, who you got? Bengals, Chiefs, and Niners, Rams. I've got Bengals and and the uh, Niners in the Super Bowl. Oh, rematch wow. of the with the Bengals win, with the Bengals winning. Remember, remember, three and fifteen, guys. Yeah, well, I'm going with my heart on this one since my <laughs> my prognostication skills have been so great this year. Let's go opposite of that. I don't know if you guys can see, but my my lip is bleeding. I look like Tom yeah, Brady. You do All look right. like Tom Brady. <laughs> what happened? Wow. Did you get hit in the face with your uh, microphone? Maybe NBC can put it on a slow mo for my about forty five. God, minutes. you are bleeding. <laughs> All right, Bison podcast. Bison, who you have in the championship games? Well, there's. I mean, there are far worse strategies to employ than going exactly opposite of Rooster, and so. <laughs> I'm going to go with the Chiefs and the Rams uh, winning, yeah. winning this weekend. Oh, yeah. I, look, I lo- love the Bengals story, but they're they're not going to go to Arrowhead and, and beat the Chiefs. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, the Super Bowl was last night. Those are the two best teams in NFL. And uh, I, I look at the Chiefs, and I actually don't think it's going to be that close, to be honest. And, and then the Rams, even though they've lost six in a row, they're – this is their time. They're they're built for the Super Bowl. That's why they got Von Miller. That's why they traded two first rounds for Matt Stafford. It's going to be Rams and it's going to be the Chiefs and it's going to be a great Super Bowl. Who day, brah? Milk. Yeah. Uh, no disagreement there. I don't think any after coming back last night. There's no way the Chiefs are going to lose that game. And if if the Bucks had won, they were going to go to the Super Bowl. Um, I'm not picking the Niners uh, at this point, and it'll be funny. Two years in a row, a team playing in their home stadium. Great Super Bowl. I think Joe Burrow puts up ridiculous numbers, but in a defeat, and the Chiefs win. And I don't think the Rams find a way to figure out Debo Samuel. And I think the Rams find more ways to lose. And I do think it's a Chiefs Niners Super Bowl. So that there you have it. Out. Yeah, I want to finish. That's, this. A, that's a that's a rematch of 2020. Yep, I'm going to finish this um, NFL segment with some stats to tell you guys in honor of my friend Pope. The overtime scoring rules were implemented in the playoffs in 2010, and in the regular season 2012. Under the current overtime rules, there have been 163 overtime games, including the playoffs and the teams that won the overtime coin toss have a record of 86, 67 and 10 in those games, winning 52.8% of the games. But under the current overtime rules, there have been 11 overtime playoff games. The team that won the overtime coin toss have a record of 10 and one in those games, 90.9%. The only team to lose was the Saints in the 2018 uh, controversial game versus the Rams with the interference play. And seven of those 10 teams scored the sudden death touchdown on the opening drive. It's been said everywhere. Do we need to say it anything more about it other than the fact that it has to be fixed in the NFL? Who wants to jump in there? 
Well, that, that's what I was going to say, House, is that's a little misleading. The, the, the stat you should look at is seven out of the 11 overtime playoff games have been decided on a walk-off first possession touchdown winning the coin flip. I mean, the other three, you know, the other team had an opportunity and, and wasn't able to do it. So seven out of 11 times. I mean, that's, that is, you know, that's not overwhelming, but it clearly begs for a solution. And I, I just don't, I don't see, you know, the Chiefs, they got robbed in 18 when Brady let them down for the touchdown on the first possession. So the payback, they've made their payback. So now, now it's time. Let's get this fixed. I think there's a, uh, a, a lot of people around the NFL that are not happy with what's happened. And I don't know. I, what do you guys think? I'd like to see it fixed. I hate it. I think it's terrible. I, what, I, what about the argument that some people are saying, by the way, check out our TikTok account, SMQB's podcast. And some people are saying in there, hey, offense isn't the only part of an NFL game. You got to play defense too. Like, okay. Yeah, the team that gets it, but the defense can stop them. I mean, that's just an argument on the other side. How about doing a 10-minute overtime oh. quarter, period? I agree with that. Well, that's that. what it I, is. I like that idea. Not in the no. playoffs, it's not. Not in the playoffs, it's not. Look, well, sudden well, death doesn't work in football because of the way, you know, you somebody has possession of the ball. It's not like, you know, like soccer where um you know, the ball's being kicked around and anybody can get a chance on it and first goal, you know, can win. It, it's not, you know, sudden death just doesn't work. It's inherently unfair. Well, it's, it's only sudden death if they score a touchdown. It's not true sudden well, death. Correct. Right. Modified sudden death sucks in football. Right. But I, why I, can't they do what they do in college? I agree with Milk. And I don't. Well, I'm starting to like college football in 2022. Wow. Wow. Do you like the way they do it from the 25? Or do you I want do. to give both teams an opportunity to get the ball and move down the field? 25 is exciting. I mean, I think sometimes a short field is hard. It, it, the defensive schemes that go in are different. And I like what they do in college football that after the touchdowns, then you got to go to the two-point conversions, which is a hard play. I, I actually like the way college football resolves it. And there, if you had four, five, six overtimes, it's not that long and be fun. Yeah. The easiest fix is just to give the other team the opportunity to get an equalized touchdown. That's the easiest fix. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to create that's anything that's new. Fine. Period. I, just I'd be fine with that too. Well, wait. So, so, so guys, still the same, is, let's, say they, let's say they get that touchdown. It's still the same advantage to the – team that wins the coin toss. I think we could, I think you could for sure make the punchable face of the week, the NFL uh, for their, for their overtime rules. I mean, I, I, I think that's what we could, we could do, but you know, well, that's the NFL probably. wrap. Yeah. Come on, man. And with the local DBC news, Evan Kujay with the triumphant comeback. But tonight, don't call it a comeback. Well, so that's a good spot then to just go right into our punchable face of the week. Cause you know, just because there was great football doesn't mean somebody didn't fuck up this week. <laughs> I think you guys are going to be on board on this one. I really do. There was a basketball game this past Friday night, in Milwaukee between Milwaukee bucks and Chicago bulls. 
The game was 55-54 in the third quarter. It's not like the critical juncture of the game. And Alex Caruso of the Chicago Bulls is on a runaway to go in for a layup and I guess put the Bulls up 56-55. And a little guy that you might be familiar with named Grayson Allen comes comes flying out of nowhere and rips Caruso out of the air. Caruso falls to the floor, breaks his wrist. Uh, Caruso uh, is now out six to eight weeks with the surgery. Um, Grayson Allen gets a flagrant two and is ejected. He's smirking on the sidelines as they review for whether it's a flagrant one or a flagrant two. He's smirking on the sidelines. He doesn't go over to Caruso at any point. Not, not at all. He gets a one-game suspension. Now, let's not forget, this is the guy who twice in his sophomore year intentionally tripped opponents while playing for Duke. In his Dirty jun- motherfucker. In, a ju- in his junior year, he intentionally tripped another player from Elon and then had a total meltdown on the bench. He is such an asshole, but let me tell you something. He's not the only one that gets the punch. After the suspension was handed down, the Bucks issued a statement saying that they disagreed with the penalty from the NBA. And then Caruso is not the most attractive player ever. He has those very weird hair pattern. Some people call him the donut because of his hair pattern. The next morning, Buck's Twitter had Grayson Allen biting into a donut. Oh, oh God. So oh, they're going. Boy. I mean, are you serious? This guy, Grayson Allen, is such an asshole. The NBA gets a left jab for only a one game suspension. The Bucks get a right jab for the goddamn Twitter and statement. And Grayson Allen gets an uppercut knockout for just being an asshole. That's the punchable face of the week. Hey, can I need Krzyzewski in the balls for uh, enabling him? <laughs> <laughs> and, do, and listen, don't, don't sleep. Don't sleep on that loss for the Bulls. Yeah, mm, he's good. Caruso. Caruso's good. He's, he's a he's a glue guy. He's an important guy on, a, on, on the teams that he's on. So I that's a big like, loss. Isn't he going to get his ass kicked for that in one way or the other? At some point, he has I to. I mean, yeah, I, I'd be watching my back if I were him. Yeah. They don't fuck around in the NBA. Barbecue sauce. Rooster, you got a lasso for us? Give us a good story to end the day. I do. I do. You know, Ted Lasso is set in the English, English Premier League, and I think this is maybe our first lasso from the EPL. Wow. And it is Manet from your team. Bison, the Liverpool Reds. Um, he wears the tent number 10 jersey for the Reds and for his home uh, country of Senegal. And uh, he is like, you know, one of maybe the five best forwards in, in all of football. Makes over $10 million a year. And recently some fans took him to task be, uh, on social media because they saw that he had some old cracked iPhone you know, that was like two or three series out of date. And he got on there and said, you know what? That's not how I spend my money. I spend my money um, not on the trappings of wealth. I grew up dirt poor in Sengal. I, 
I had to work the fields. I couldn't go to school. I played football barefoot. And now that I'm loaded, I'm spending my money feeding poor people, how, building housing in Africa, building schools in Africa. And he, he gives, he's adopted an entire region of Sengal and gives every, every person in that region 70 euros a month hmm. out, of his, out of his earnings. He's spending a gigantic portion of his $10 million a year income on basically being a saint. So um, I just have to, I just have to say that is a story right out of Ted Lasso. I was about to say that is literally God bless. God bless Manet. Yeah. That that character from Africa who sends back. Yeah. Yeah. I can't remember his name right now, but yeah, it's literally right out of Ted Lasso. Mm -hmm. Good one. That's a good one. Um, All right, guys. Well, good show. Um, We saw the greatest week of football ever. Milk. Sorry, man. Thanks, guys. At least you're a part of it. But at least you have at least you have Gasparillo. I've got Gasparillo coming up. Thanks for holding it together and not embarrassing us. You know, with the pirates running around town. We'll all be be praying for Brady to keep going in Tampa. So I, I appreciate that. Yeah, say a prayer for Tom Brady. That's what that's what the world needs. More uh, prayers for Tom on Brady. My SMQBs are Brian Bandwagon Pope, who hails from Dallas, Texas, and has never met a first-place team that he didn't have a personal connection to. Michael Rooster Phelan, hailing from Richmond, and who roots for teams from New York, or is it Boston? I can't remember which it was. One or the other. Also, Patrick Milk Michler from Tampa Bay, and he is still massively in love with Tom Brady and will never get over his man crush on the GOAT. Toby House Milrod, a long-suffering sports fan, hailing from Philadelphia, whose Eagles team, mm, they're still looking for another quarterback. And I am Chris Bison Nace, hailing from Washington, District of Champions. Thanks for listening.